teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. 1 John chapter 1. But uh, I was talking with the, the children about the love of God. And you know, when you're ministering to children, you got to just make it plain. Yeah. Uh, they just want to know, hey, just make it plain. Don't, don't give me, you know, any exposés or anything like that. And I was talking to them about the love of God is inside of you. But the light of God is in you. And this, but the thing is, and I explained to them why love is a fruit. And I had an apple and, you know, I was eating the apple. But, uh, you know, love is like a fruit. It's got to grow. Just it grows, you know, fruit grows on a tree or whatever. And you, you pick it, but it's got to mature. And there's some things that have got to happen. You've got to have water, you know, you have to have nutrition for that fruit to grow. Well, the same thing with us. But it's a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, I told them, because Jesus lives inside of you, you have love. And they understood that. But then I also talked to them about the light of God that shines. And I said, now... Uh, this works together because the only way that that light can shine is if you use your fruit. If you use love, joy, faith, when you're using your fruit, your light is shining. Otherwise, you're just dull. You got to use it. it. It can just sit in there. Jesus can live in your heart and absolutely do nothing to uh, edify the body of Christ or to edify yourself with. First, it helps by just smiling. Amen. Do you know that facial expressions actually help your emotions? Amen. Y'all, try it. There you go. I got one crack over here. You can do it. Come on. There you go. Yeah. I got a little one there. Okay. At least you're trying. Praise the Lord. But in John chapter 1... Uh, four and five. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines where? In the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Because Jesus lives in our heart, we have light. Well, that's simple, but we just need to keep it simple. I mean, you know, the children, you just got to keep it simple. And the adults, you just got to keep it simple. Hello. Because I know good and well that some of you are going to go home and say, what did she preach on tonight? How can I apply that to my life? And then you'll eat a bowl of soup or something like that and forget all about it. But if you really meditate on what I'm saying, if, if you say, okay, Lord, I need this. You know, you don't have to say it out loud, right? But uh, just in your chair, you're saying, I need this. I really need this. And, and you meditate on it, you're mulling it, and you're hearing it, and then you actually carry it home with you. Right? I mean, you carry Jesus all the time, but I'm talking about the message that helps you to shine. And you carry it home, and it's not all about, I'm hungry. It's not all about, look what the children did or the dog did while I was gone. It's not about all those things. You're not distracted. But it's just like, I heard the Word of God, and I am a person of love. And because of that message tonight, my life can be changed. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I'm glad you're so excited about it. So let's just go ahead and turn to, to 1 John. Chapter 1, 
verse 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. I was telling the children last week, they're writing the book. He's writing the book so that the joy can be, their joy can be full. He wants them to know that joy that's down in your heart can come up. Amen. Why? Because of the words that you're reading. And if you do it, then your joy will be full. Amen. Amen. If you start using the joy, it's going to be full. But what does it have to work with? Other fruits of the Spirit. I'm glad you asked. Joy can't just work alone. Joy's got to be happy about something. Joy is happy when you're using your faith. Joy is happy when you're using your love. Joy is happy when you're using your peace and there's not distress going on in your life. Joy is made full by using all of these things together. Amen. So moving right down to verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Let's move on over. So we're talking about light. In order for light to shine, you've got to use the love of God inside of you. Amen? In uh, 2 verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light. And listen to this. The first time I ever read the scripture, I've just been flabbergasted ever since. Because he's giving us a tremendous key. He's giving us a key on how we can never stumble, on how we can never fall. And if you see the scripture like I see it, uh, if there's an all-inclusive scripture that says, if you do this, you're never going to fall, you're never going to miss it, uh, then I, I listen up. Y'all listening up? Okay, well, get happy about it. Praise the Lord. He who loves his brother abides. Abides means, I mean, you're, you're using. You're using it. Verse 10. <laughs> he who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Well, it, uh, we abide in love by using it. I mean, we're just not sitting down there saying, hey, love just worked through me. We're doing something. We're shining our light. And you may say, you know, I'm, I'm in a really dark place in my life right now. And I'm not making fun of that. But I beg to differ. Because there's a light inside of you. There's a light. And if you want, you, you know, darkness is the absence of light. Uh, you're, not absent, you're not absent of life. Now, in your fuzzy feelings, you may be. You may not be feeling warm and fuzzy today. You, you may not be feeling quite like you got a whole lot of light going on. It may feel dark, but I'm not talking about warm, fuzzy feelings. I'm not talking about what your flesh wants. I'm talking about Jesus, the source of all light, the sun, the son of God who lights up the world lives inside of you and you have the fruit of the spirit. What is the fruit of the spirit? I'm glad you asked. Joy, love, 
faith, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, peace. What do you need? Gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit lives in you. And as you begin to use these things, and as we've said before, just like a muscle, you use it, you're shining the light of Jesus. Now, you may not feel real spiritual. You may not be able to see the light. But we're not going by feeling. We're not going by what we see in the natural. We're going by what the Word of God says. And, you know, the world says, some, you know, if you just keep on, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I don't have a light at the end of the tunnel. I have a light inside of me. I'm not waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel. Hello? Amen? All I have to do to get light to shine is start using my fruit. Start using love. Well, how do you use love, Pastor Debbie? Okay. If Pastor Jay were to say, honey, I don't like you today. That would make me feel real warm and fuzzy. And he'd probably get a comment anyway. But anyway, we're talking about walking in love here. So I'd say, honey, you know what? It doesn't matter if you like me or not. I love you. That's not a lie because we choose to love. We choose to love. It's not about liking somebody. I didn't like the fact that maybe he said that. I don't always like how somebody reacts. I don't always like the way people do things. But do I love them? Yes. Yes, I love them. You know, love's not a doormat. You don't always agree with everybody else. But when you truly love somebody, you choose. Well, I got issues. Well, join the rest of the body of Christ. Well, I've got a dysfunctional family. Well, join the club. Hello. I'm not talking about my family because the dysfunctionalism stopped. Amen. But I'm saying join the club of being raised in a dysfunctional family with issues. And I don't take it lightly that some people grew up in some homes that were more dysfunctional than others. I mean, I I don't take that lightly that there were situations that happened that helped form your beliefs, that helped form the things that now are troubling you. But if I can just get it across to you that you have the same flesh as Jocelyn. You have the same flesh as Dan. When somebody comes up and smacks him in the face, he wants to hit you back. If somebody comes up and kicks you, what do you want to do? Kick them back. That's what your flesh wants to do. Your spirit, somewhere down in there, is saying... But the more you use it, it's going to get louder. Hey, doesn't matter if they kick me, doesn't matter if they spit in my face, doesn't matter what they do, I'm going to love them. I may love them long distance, but I'm going to love them. I tell people all the time, just because you're married doesn't mean that your husband can come in the house and act like a roller coaster going through the home. Amen? I mean, do you, what do you do when a salesman comes up to your window? Knock, knock, knock. Hello, how are you today? I've got a poisonous snake here. Can I put it in your house? Sure. 
Sometimes we act that way with our spouses. They bring in pornography, they bring in drugs, they bring in things, and they're wondering why. And those things are poisonous. They're poisonous to our atmosphere. They're poisonous to our family. They're poisonous to our children. And we're responsible, but we walk in love. We don't always understand what love is. Love is protecting our family. Love is standing up and saying, hey, the buck stops here. Love is, I believe that you can do better, but buddy, that's not coming in my door. And love doesn't nag about things. There are some things that you just shouldn't talk about. But when it comes to certain things like drugs in the home or that type of thing, you throw it out. It's not about nagging about it. It's just not coming in my home. Now, a new Christian, they have to understand something. I've got to learn, as a a new Christian, I've got to learn to develop my spirit. I've I've got to learn uh, to understand what God wants me to do. And it may be that maybe my, you know, husband, I'm talking about, you know, just any family here, uh, maybe he doesn't know the Lord. So if I get saved and I just go home and say, hey, we need to stop this and stop this and stop this. Well, I I don't blame him if he doesn't want to receive from me. But once you start developing, you start learning about that fruit called love and peace. You start praying for your spouse. You know, and it could be the other way around. The guy got saved and the girl was at home. I'm not trying to be, you know, prejudiced against men or women. Hello. But it could be anyway. But anyway, you you start growing and the Lord starts dealing with you about things. This has got to change. And it's like, oh, well, he's not going to really go for that. But he gives you boldness. And you can start, say, hey. But it takes wisdom. I, I want you to go to a scripture in Colossians with me. I'm not even hardly sticking with my nose, but that's all right. Is this all right? Go to Colossians. Just praying about this message, so many things. I've just been meditating, listening to some CDs and other things on the love of God. Uh, Colossians chapter, yeah, 3, in verse 18. You know, we're familiar with Ephesians 5, uh, you know, that submit scripture that we all love so much as women submit to your husbands. Yeah, and all the guys love it and love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. In verse 18 of Colossians 3, this is a similar one that Paul writes to the Colossian church. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. See, I'm reading this because it kind of covers everybody. Nobody feels left out here. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Or you could say, uh, you know, your bosses. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of the heart, fearing God. And whatever you do... Whatever you do in verse 23, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. 
Now, how many know that we have to take the scriptures and, and judge them in the light of other scriptures? And so many times we, you know, it's taken out of context. Basically, the Bible's saying, y'all need to treat each other right. We just need to, you know, the fathers need to stay in their, in their verse. The wives need to stay in their verse. The husbands need to stay in their verse. The children need to stay in their verse. The bond servants need to stay in their verse. And then we could all get along. But mainly what it all comes down to, what it all boils down to in verse 24, actually verse 23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to who? The Lord. As to the Lord and not to men. See, the Lord is saying love. He's saying respect. But when it comes and it's against the scripture, that's when you have to draw a line. We are to love our husbands. We are to respect and admonish them. But if they are asking us to do something that is going to affect our spiritual growth and is against the word of God, we have to draw a line. Amen. Amen. Like I said, I use that illustration. Do you allow a poisonous snake to come in your house and just live there? No. But as you get light from developing your spirit and the Lord starts dealing with you, and there's a warning that comes up, hey, there's some things that are going on with your spouse that aren't right. You can't just sit back and hope and sing kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. You may have to get up and say, hey, something's got to change here. That, that's not nagging. That's simply being led by the Spirit of God. And when the Lord leads us because we're hearing his voice and in light of his scripture that, hey, there's a warning going on. Something's going away here. We can only help our spouse by uh, being truthful with them and saying, look, that can't keep going on in this home. And we, we, we need to let them know, not yelling, but just saying, I love you, babe. I love you, but this can't go on. I have a warning in my heart. Maybe they don't quite understand what that is. I got a warning, and this is, uh, it's going to affect the children. It's affecting me, and this can't happen. Now, some people don't understand. They just, you know, they just counsel. Okay, you just do whatever. No. Do you understand? I like in the Message Bible, Colossians 3.18, Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. In other words, you're not to submit in ways that don't honor the master. You're not to just submit in a, oh, any old hairy, evil thing. We are to help one another in light of the scriptures. We are to pray. We are to live a lifestyle, a godly lifestyle. Women, we are to do everything uh, within the power of love working through us to walk in love with our husband, our children, our home. Amen. But when it comes to the witness of the Spirit of God rising up inside of us, that's why we develop our spirits. And there's some things, hey, 10 years from now, because I didn't do something from it, I got a young man who's a teenager that doesn't want anything to do with God because he followed the wrong example. Am I saying, well, are you just supposed to leave your spouse? I didn't say that. I said, we're going to have to be led by the Spirit of God. 
And we're going to have to follow the warnings. Amen. Amen. And I want you all to know in here tonight that Pastor Jay and I have a heart to help married couples. You heard what the Spirit of God said a few weeks ago about He's healing irreconcilable situations in marriages. If If that is something that even remotely fits you, take hold of it. But I don't want to work with that woman. I don't want to work with that man. I didn't ask your flesh what it wanted to do. I do know that God knows it's in in his best that a marriage does not go apart. It affects the children. It affects the family. It affects people. It's not all about you. If you just don't leave a marriage because you you don't want to affect another life, that's a good reason, my friend. Because some people aren't thinking about anybody else but me. If it's about, well, I've had dysfunctionalism, there's, there's things going on in my life, I just can't love that person right now. Give me five years and I'll shape up. Well, baloney! Come on, come on. Well, few of you, baloney. You're asking me to wait for five years and you can just act like the devil in my home and just say what you want and do what you want. Slap me and the kids around or just verbally abuse us. No, thank you. Some of you may not understand, but things like this go on. And you may have, you know, you may have a woman who's going around like a bull in a china closet in her home saying things and doing things and saying, but, but honey, I love you. Well, love is an action. If you truly love him, then act like it. Amen. Well, it's because I grew up in these things. That's why I act like I do. Well, it's a funny thing that you get in front of a seven-foot-tall policeman with a gun, and he's saying, hey, you're not going to act like that anymore. You stop. But when it comes to our spouse, we think that we can't stop. Oh, there are things that can make you stop in your tracks. There are things. So it all comes down to boundaries. It all comes down to there's boundaries. There should be boundaries in our life. And it's all based on boundaries founded on the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and gentleness, kindness. You know, there there is such a thing. Amen. Amen. And these are things that although you don't always feel like using them, I guarantee you every time, every single time, no one's exempt. If Jesus is inside of your heart and you say, I'm going to use love today. Love will come up. Yeah. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm really feeling pretty anxious, but yeah. I'm going to use peace today. Yeah. And you'll begin to exude the light of peace. You'll begin to shine the light of love. Hallelujah. I guarantee there's no one in this room that's exempt. But if you're going by feeling, there's several of you, probably all of you, that would be exempt. Yeah. If you're going by feeling, nobody feels like just getting up, looking in the mirror and saying, Hallelujah. And with a super Christian-esque on your chest, you soar off into the sunset. 
first person that tries to pass you on the highway. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you go in and you, you, you park it in your desk, your boss says, hey, everybody's working an hour overtime because you didn't do something right. And you say, well, glory. <laughs> Your flesh is doing just the opposite. And if you act like that, I think you're weird. <laughs> now, your spirit is doing that. Uh, if you've been praying in the Holy Ghost, you've been reading your Bible, it's going to be a whole lot easier to kick into the hallelujahs and the glories. You haven't been reading your Bible, you haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to dig for the hallelujahs. Well, praise the Lord. I can handle that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Then you go back out there. You may have to use the restroom, not because, you, well, move right along. You may have to go in the room and get built up with nobody else. I mean, I just... Just got to do what you got to do. You may have to 20 times go into the stall and quote the scriptures and get out your mini little Bible and whatever you got to do. I waitressed for years. I used, to, I used to read James a lot, first and second John. I memorized them. I'd go home and read the whole book because I wanted to flatten a few people. You know what I mean? Well, Pastor Debbie, was that when you were preparing to go into ministry? Absolutely, yes. There were a couple people that really got on my nerves. And I'd go home and I'd read 1 John, walking in love. Hallelujah. I'd read, oh, okay, turn to James. I'm, I'm already in this message. Sorry, I can't change it now. If it's, if it's not working for you, well, just hold on and ride on. Chapter 4, verse 1 in James. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for flesh? Oh, pleasure. <laughs> that war in your members? Everybody has flesh. We all want it our way. We all want control. It's not just your spouse that wants control. Your flesh wants control too. You may think it's all about your, your spouse wanting control. But trust me, you want control of their control. Everybody wants control. That's why we have the Word of God. And it says we trust in Him and we give Him that place of control. He's the Lord, which means controller of our life. And when we begin to use the fruit of the Spirit, we actually have the ability, or you would say the grace, to give the control to Him. First, we've got to work on ourselves. My friend, your spouse might be, or, or a friend of yours or whoever, but I'm just kind of addressing more married couples tonight. You may think, you know, they're just totally gone nuts. They probably have. But you know what? They're just yielding to their flesh. Why don't you work on your flesh? 
Why don't you meditate in the scriptures and, and look at some things that you can do and change? Why don't you develop your spirit? Why don't, oh, this is a novel idea. Why don't you pray for them? Y'all still love me? Okay. Uh, just, you know, love them. Walk in love. But when the Spirit of God starts rising up inside of you and there are certain things that you can't put up with anymore, you're going to have to say something. Okay? You may need to do some marriage counseling, but do everything it takes. Don't just give in because they put the toilet paper on the wrong way, okay? You know, just because they kept, you know, he put his whiskers on the sink. Now, that was a pet peeve of mine, but I could really care less anymore. Hello. You know, I, t I told Pastor Jay, I think this was yesterday, I said some people uh, treat their spouse like their own personal slave. Yeah, yeah, come on. Or I'll add this in, or their own little voodoo doll. Every time they don't, <laughs> you know, you don't get your way. Well, I'm just going to, hello? Okay, well, I lost some of you there. All right. But some people just treat their spouse like their own personal slave. Well, do it my way, bless God, and I want it now. The kids, it's all about me. Do it my way. I want dinner now. I want it made a certain way. Do you do that with your friends? You wouldn't have too many friends, would you? All right, let's turn to John 15. What is it? You know, this is your spouse. The person you love, the love of your life, your soulmate? Whatever happened with that? There are times I don't feel real loving. But it's easier with a friend that goes home to be real sweet. Put on my sweet for about a half hour, an hour, or if I have two, three hours, okay? But when I go home, all hells break loose. What's up with that? It's called flesh. It's called you're giving up and you're not using the word of God in this situation. Well, I just lost my notes a long time ago. Moving right along. John chapter 15, verse 9. I'm glad you're laughing because, you know, the medicine goes down better when you laugh. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, well, bless God, it's all about my spouse. I don't need this message. Then get the, get the CD, download the message, listen to it about 50 times, and keep saying, it's all about me. I need it. It's all about me. It's not about them, okay? And then you might get helped, okay? Moving right along. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. In other words, how do we abide in the love of God? By using it. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may, be, may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. The joy of love. When we're walking in love, when we're using our love, regardless of what we feel like, because it's not about feelings, my friend. Uh, it, it's not about sticking it to somebody. It's not about always getting our way. It's not about controlling the situation. 
But when we're walking in love because God's love lives inside of us, because our Heavenly Father uh, gave His Son, He loved us so much, He died on a cross so that we could have the fruit of love and shine out, not just to a world, but to our spouse. Not just to our friends, but to our family. The ones that know us. The ones that see the little quirks. If it's gotten to be just about the world and we've forgotten the very ones that we live with, soon enough you won't have enough strength to reach out to the very world that you want to save. Because my friend, you're going to collapse from within. Because you're not strengthening the love of God. You can't use the love of God for the world when you're not loving those who are closest to you. It's just irritations. Yes, those irritations can be triggered by things that happened in your past. I've had some pretty atrocious things happen in my past, trust me. But it was only when I used the fruit of the Spirit of God that it began to change. Only when I I, I said, you know what? I know what I feel like doing. I feel like going nuts. I feel like, ah! Like that's going to help anything. It never helps. But because I, I, I began to use the love of God, I overcame my past. Those mentalities that were built, every single one of us were raised with a certain amount of mentalities that are either negative or positive in your life. And, those, and, and if you'll just say, you know what, if we will just humble ourselves enough, wake up long enough to say, it's not about what I feel, it's not about everything that happened to me in my past. If I just allow the Word of God to get in there and I start using the love that's in there, it'll start changing. You know that person over there that's, you know, Sister Susie Spiritual, the one that's always dancing at the drop of a hat, the one that, you know, she's always got money to give away. Lord, I want to be like that. Well, start using your love. Start using your joy. Start using your faith. It's not about, you know, being like Sister Susie. I'm just saying, it's about if you start using it inside of you, whatever past, background, issues, dysfunctionalism you grew up in can shed off of you. But it's only going to have, it's not going to happen by somebody praying for you. It's not, you know, if somebody prays for you, you can gain more strength, but you are going to have to drive the bus. I can't drive the bus for you. There's, you know, for young Christians, there's a certain amount that Pastor Jay and I can do to help maneuver for you and, and pray for you. But then there comes a time and place where we say, smile! Use it! I can't do it for you anymore. And because I'm somebody that has come out of things that honestly I shouldn't even be here today. First of all, it's the Word of God, and the Word of God is true. But I'm a living example. Amen. And I love to brag on God. Amen. I love to brag on God to people. It's like, I shouldn't even be in the ministry. Come on. Come on. 
but most of you shouldn't have even been here today. I'm talking about with the backgrounds that you've come out of. Not putting you down, you understand, okay? You know, not, not putting your mama down or anything like that. Praise the Lord. Okay, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. We, you know, that's why they're writing the book. So that we can see if we use the fruit of the Spirit in our life, if we use what, what the Word of God is saying, then, then our joy can be full. We'll be happy about life. But the only way we can be happy about life is if we're walking in God's fruit. If we're using it. If we're walking in the light. If we're shining the light. And how do you shine the light? Use the fruit. Thank you. Someone was listening. I appreciate that. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He says this right after talking about that your joy may be full. The first commandment with promise is love. Faith works by love. In verse 13, greater love is no one than this. Then they lay down one's life for their friends. Are we laying down our life? Well, for my friend, but not my spouse. Well, what's up with that? Like I told Pastor Jay last night, you're my best friend. He's my best friend. If your spouse isn't your best friend, don't lose hope. Just start to put your faith out and start to do things that they, you know, people like it when you walk in love with them. <laughs> you know, make his favorite dinner. And, and don't put a, a carcinogenic away or, you know. Hey, let me, what, what am I trying to say? Don't put cyanide in it, okay? I, you know, don't throw it on the here. I just made this for you. It helps. People like it when you just lightly place it on the table and say, I love you, you know, rather than just throw it. Well, if you don't want it, I'll give it to the dog. That doesn't help, okay? If your marriage is there at this time, you have hope. Just start using the love inside. Amen. It'll grow. Okay? Verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. <laughs> no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Uh, what are we now? We're children of God. Uh, in the Gospels, you know, Jesus had not yet died on the cross. And, you know, he lives inside of us now. Hallelujah. But he's saying you ought to treat people like they're your friend. And how much more should you treat your spouse like they're your friend? You're, they're your best friend. Now, let's go back to that boundary issue. I'm almost through here. Let's, let's go to Romans. Chapter 8. We were talking about the law of love, right? Uh, chapter 12, sorry. In verse 8, oh, 13. Chapter 13, verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, it's talking about a debt that's never paid is love. It's not talking about money. Excuse me, I need some water here. Thank you, sweetheart. I sure do love you. Okay. Just giving you a little example of how. 
how to walk this love. You know, I could have went over there, hey, I need some water. Can you hurry up? I need some now. Okay. We have a lot of fun. Okay. Oh, no one except to love, okay? Let's go on down uh, to verse 10. Well, the, the second part of verse 9, if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your spouse as yourself. Let's go back to if you're not loving yourself, it's going to be hard to love your spouse. What if somebody comes and, and doesn't do some, it does something that you don't like? That happens like every day, doesn't it? How should we treat them? We should treat them like they didn't do anything wrong. We should love them. Now that doesn't mean that if you're in a position that you should correct that. But God, you know, God didn't make us a big corrector. You know, if you're a director uh, like Teresa or a coordinator in the department, then there may be some things that they need to correct, okay. But our attitude should be, you know what, maybe they're having a bad day. It's not about me. Do you realize if Pastor Jay and I got mad just because somebody did something wrong in this church, we wouldn't have anybody left? Okay, maybe I should bring it more to home. If we acted like, no, I won't go there, never mind. <laughs> if we got mad and left like some of the people leave Spirit of Faith Family Church because they get offended, if we acted that way, nobody be left. That's what I was trying to say. Did I say it all right? Yeah. Okay, well, I couldn't be politically correct, so I just said it. Amen. Love does no harm, verse 10, to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love, love does no harm. You're not trying to get back at them. You love yourself enough to know Jesus loves me. I'm loved by the Lord. So if they're having a hairy day, bad hairy day, it's not going to affect me. Amen. And I'm not the great corrector. I have to go around correcting everybody. Amen. Amen. If it needs to be corrected, I'll let the appropriate person know. and That's good, but I'm not going to, you know, when they come in the room, don't talk to them. Well, that's really walking in love, isn't it? That's a real good example to everybody else on the job, too, isn't it? Come on. Mm -hmm. That's real good. All right. Come on. Few of you like that. Few of you others are going to have to go to work tomorrow and apologize to somebody. Love does no harm. Now, we're going to end with this. Let's, let's go to verse, uh, actually, chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. We've already established that it's talking about your spouse, too. In honor, giving preference to one another. In other words, you're both helping one another. It's not all about one person having control. And it's all about me. Leaven, not lagging in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Serving who? The Lord. The Lord. Okay? So if somebody asks you to do something that goes against the principle in the word of God, then you might have to nicely say, I can't do that. All right? Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. I actually have to pray for them? Yes, that helps. 
distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Sometimes God will even deal with us to bless those who what? Well, that was in the Bible, wasn't it? Well, praise the Lord. Sometimes he will deal with you. I've, I've given people money that said bad things about me. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Sometimes people are hurting rather than a critical voice speaking against them. Maybe we should just take the hand of, of them and say, can I just pray with you? Do you know that there are some people that have lashed out in anger around me that I just said, you know what? I don't believe it's about me. Is there, some, you know, what's going on in your life? Some, something's going on. And then they just break down, they share with me. And usually they always apologize. Compassion. Now our flesh will rise up and want to take charge in correcting the situation. But compassion will say, you know what? I don't have to take charge. What can I do to help you? Because you're confident enough in yourself. You've been praying in the Holy Ghost. You've been reading the Word. You're filled up. So it's not affecting you. Amen? But when you haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost, you haven't been filled up with the Word, haven't been getting enough rest because you're pulling your hair out at night trying to figure it out, when people come around you, Come on. That's good. That's I thought they were Christian. Moving right along. We're almost through, okay? We're almost through. Verse 16, be of the same mind, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. We were talking about boundaries. Everybody needs to understand, my friend, maybe you didn't grow up with boundaries, but there are consequences to things. When you lash out to another person, there's a consequence. Do you know that if, if, if you hurt another person, you can end up in jail? Yeah. And rightly so. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't keep you on the street if, you, you know, you're going to hurt somebody else. Well, what makes it right to lash out with your tongue and hurt somebody in your home? What makes it right to, to harm people that way? That's hurtful. What makes it right to be that type of example around your children? To be like a bull in a china closet and bless God, the buck stops here. Whether that's the man or the woman, what makes that right? There are serious boundary issues when somebody doesn't understand there are consequences to your actions. There are serious boundaries. And when we understand, maybe I didn't have those boundaries when I grew up, but baby, I better learn there's boundaries now or I, my ship's sinking. My, my ship is sinking. You understand? And I've had to tell people, I love you. I care about you. But there are consequences. There are things called boundaries that when you pass over that boundary, sometimes it's hard to get back. Don't burn your bridge. I've had, I, some of you in here have heard that term from me. Don't burn your bridges. While you're acting like a wild person, 
You got people that love you and want to see you do well. But it's not all about your issues. It's not all about, well, if they would just wait five years until I change. And in five years, you find the whole family hiding out in the dugout. Hello. They shouldn't have to live that way. Amen. Amen. Repay no one evil for evil. So we're going we're gonna to stop with this. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, or you could say the Spirit of God in you, Live peaceably because it's that fruit. You're using that. It's not about your own strength. Live peaceably with all men. There they said it. It's not just about my friends. It's just not about my brothers and sisters. It's about my spouse too. Everyone. Everyone, even the pastor. And when we don't understand boundaries, we're going to have serious problems because we keep pushing the limits. And when you keep pushing, eventually you're going to go off on the other side, and there are consequences. And Pastor Jenny and I don't want to see you pay the consequence. I'm not talking about rules and regulations that we have here at Spirit of Faith. There are consequences for those things. But it's a much deeper issue. It's a spiritual shipwreck. It's something that's going on inside of you. And natural things are going to be a result of it. But spiritually, your your ship is going into the rocks. We're trying to help you before that happens. Make a decision today. There are boundaries. I don't call my spouse names. I don't talk about my children wrongly. You may feel a certain thing about your children, but you don't say it. I don't care what you feel like. They're your children. You don't talk about them that way. Well, I just don't really want them around. Oh, really? But you, you, five minutes in the bed, you made them. But now you don't want them around? Don't talk about them that way. Don't ever let it come out of your mouth. I don't want this child around. Never. Never. Don't ever think it's right to criticize your child. Well, they deserve it. No, they don't. They might deserve a time out. Or a spanking. You didn't hear that, right? Spanking? Okay. They, you know, there are consequences, remember? But they don't deserve a speaking evil about them. Our spouse doesn't deserve that. Our husband doesn't deserve that. Our wife doesn't deserve that. Our friends don't deserve that. When we realize there are consequences to those things, and you might just say, well, it's but just the same thing happens to me everywhere I go. That's because you're there. Well, my job... So, you know, my boss, and now this boss is treating me that way. Uh, Excuse me? I beg to differ. I don't think it's about the boss, okay? It's about your perception. It's about just needing the joy of love. 
Why don't you stand up? Let's get a little love music in the background. <laughs> I hope this helps somebody tonight. Uh, um, we love you, and, and that's why we're telling you the truth. And I could say it over a hundred times, and, and I, I'm going to say it one more time, hopefully one more, maybe two or three times. Boundaries. There are consequences for your actions. There are things I've, I've went to the Lord and said, Lord, I am sorry. That was stupid. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me going to the Lord saying, that was dumb. I should never have treated my spouse that way. You know, years ago, I got mad and I threw something and broke a lamp in the house. Oh, yeah, that was me. Because I had anger issues. Now, I didn't do stuff like that all the time, but, you know... I'm mad at the world. Everybody doing something wrong. And Pastor Jay, he wasn't a pastor back then, but he just had to say, you know what? It's not right for you to treat me that way. And my heart sank. And, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I told him, I'm sorry. That was wrong. I have never to this day did anything that stupid again. And yet, why is it that people can just throw things around the house all week long, break something, do this, and not have any regard for the consequences? And then when their spouse leaves, they get mad. Maybe you don't want to hear that. It's time for you to shed some tears on how your actions have affected other lives. It's time for you to shed some tears and have some remorse on, hey, it's not because of what people did to me in my past. It's what I'm doing today. And it's affecting people. And I have a choice. It's just about my flesh. My friend, I'm all for anything you need for help. But don't ever think that you have to give in to anger to a place where you hurt somebody else with your mouth, with your hands. Why am I saying this? Because it happens too much in the body of Christ. And sometimes you need to hear it from Pastor Jay and I. It is not okay. It is not okay. It is not okay. We love you, but it's not okay. Okay? All right. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 